This sermon audio is presented to you by Pastor Tommy Brandon and Calvary Church of Fort Worth. For more information, visit our website at calvaryftw.com. Let's get started today. Uh, We're in the middle of a series. It's the only series that I repeat. I preach this series once a year. It's the only series that I do that with, unless, of course, God chooses otherwise. But for as far as scheduling and uh, strategy as a senior pastor, this is the series that I repeat annually, and I try my best to do it around February because we're coming out of our great expectation month and, and our faith is high, and then it gives me an opportunity for a few weeks to teach you what I feel led is our true missional uh, goal, our true missional belief system. I call it the core. It's been that way now for about three years. I call it the core, and, and today we're in our second week of the core. And I've, I've stolen the song that they, that they sang last today. I stole that title, and that's going to be my subtopic. I told my wife uh, earlier in the week, I said, are you guys doing Chain Breaker Sunday? And she said, yeah. And I said, awesome. That's going to be my subtopic. So today, I want to plant this faith in you to get this down in your system, get this down in your spirit, make it just, I pray it becomes marrow. I pray it it becomes a part of your structure, your bone system. And that is He's a chain breaker. Can I get an amen today? He's a chain breaker. Last week, what we talked about was the unbreakable spiritual lifeline. And what that is, is the word of God. If you were gonna be lost at at sea and you were struggling to survive and you were bobbing up and down and treading water, you would give anything, wouldn't you? If somebody tossed you, a lifeline that could rescue you from uh, the imminent danger or the imminent death that you were facing. You would give anything. Well, here, this, this series, I'm tossing you a lifeline. It's the Word of God. Because you could go the rest of your life without ever hearing another sermon. You could go the rest of your life without ever hearing another worship set. You could literally go the rest of your life without a pastor. But you can't go another minute in your life successfully without having your life surrounded by and engulfed by, saturated by the word of God. This holy word is an unbreakable lifeline to every single one of us because what does it contain? It contains the promises of God. Every promise that God has ever given to man is recorded and spoken by his wonderful uh, spirit into the hands of men that penned the word of the Lord. These are the promises of God and you need to get to know them. You need to get to be familiar with them and you need to get to pursue them as we preached about last Sunday. And this morning, we're going to go a little bit further, and I want you to go with me to the Old Testament, book of Exodus, chapter number six. And there's, there's some 3,500 or more promises of Scripture, but I believe that they all kind of stem from, they all have a tendency to come out of 
these four promises, and we're going to talk about two of them today. And these four promises are found in Exodus chapter number six and verse number six, reading from King James, wherefore say unto the children of Israel, I am the Lord and I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians and I will rid you out of their bondage. I will redeem you with a stretched out arm and with great judgments and I will take you to me for a people. And I will be to you a God, and ye shall know that I am the Lord your God, which bringeth you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. God's plan for you and God's plan for, for uh, the message that is preached from the word of God is it to be understood by all people that you qualify as a candidate to get to know God. It's not based on your skin color. It's not based on your, your age nor your gender. But because God's grace breathed life into you, you qualify as an individual that can get to know God. And what good news does the world have being given to them that you can get to know him and God can get to know you? I want you to look back here, what we just read. How this happens is through salvation. When you get to know God, you are saved from the world of sin. You're saved from sin and you enter into a relationship with Jesus. In the scripture here, you'll see in verse 6, a promise that God made to the children of Israel is the same promise he's making to you and that is, I will bring you out. I will bring you out from the state of sin that you're in. I will bring you out to a place of healthy relationship with me. And this was done by the victory that was found in the life, in the beautiful death, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We call it the gospel of Jesus. If you have been lost but now found, can I get an amen this morning? Are you thankful for it? Well, I want to speak to someone here today, and in just a few moments, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to really speak to you personally, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you an opportunity to give your heart to Jesus, but just starting right now, I want you to open up, just crack open your heart's door, and let me speak to you just for, just for a little bit right now. If you're not sure of your relationship with Jesus, I would encourage you this morning, before you go home to take advantage of this time that God's grace has given you. And I want you to leave here sure. I want you to leave here knowing that you know that you know that you know that your sin has been forgiven and that your life has been put on the right track where you can go into the rest of your day and into the rest of your future knowing that you have been saved by the wonderful gift of God's grace and mercy. So right now, just go ahead and start getting your mind ready and your heart ready and, and to take a big step of faith in just a few moments.
And then I also want to speak to someone. I like to do this on the second Sunday of every month. We call it our baptism Sunday. As you have witnessed today, several people were baptized this morning. Maybe you didn't know that that would take place today. And possibly you're sitting here this morning. And you've been thinking, I wonder if I should be baptized. I would say, yes, you should. And if you would like to be baptized today, when this service is over, I'm going to offer that. And, and, and I know what you're thinking right now. You're thinking, well, I'm not ready for that. I don't, have a, I don't have the right clothes. We've got that covered for you. I don't know if I want that. That water's probably cold. It's not too bad. <laughs> Actually, it's not cold at all. We want to help you today. So but right now, while I'm speaking, I want your faith to come up and I want your courage to be lifted up and I want you to start thinking right. You might even want to nudge the one next to you and say, I'm not believing this, but I'm actually thinking about that. And if that happens, I want you to speak back to them and say, well, I think it's a good day for you to do this and I'm here with you and, and I'm, gonna, I'm gonna ask you in just a few minutes to come forward and we'd love to help you with that. God's plan is for you to get to know him and he wants to get to know you better. And how it happens is you allowing him to take you out of a sinful lifestyle into a healthy lifestyle, saved and, and blessed by the, by the wonderful gospel. These Israelites found themselves in a situation that a lot of you find yourself in. And if you don't, if you if you if you if you're not in that situation now, uh, I promise you this much: you're familiar with it. These Israelites were in a place called Egypt, and they were slaves, and they were making their own bricks. They were slaves. They had all types of terrible things happen to them, and they really the big thing that happened to them. They felt like all of their hope was gone. They didn't think anything was ever going to be different. They didn't think that that anything was ever going to be better. It literally seemed as though the best that could ever happen was already gone by them. It slipped through their hands. And Jacob and Kara, uh, their life of slavery left them as though there was no hope for change. And can I tell you what Jesus says? Jesus says this about us. He says in John chapter 8, he says this about you and me. He says, I tell you most solemnly that anyone who chooses a life of sin is trapped is trapped in a dead-end life and is, in fact, a slave. How can I be a slave, Pastor Tommy? I'm, I'm, I'm not of, uh, what do you mean by a slave? Well, a slave to sin means that sin is always calling the shots. In other words, have you ever wanted to do something good for yourself, but it seems like you never could do it because something bad always seems to make its way in and you never can quite uh, make better decisions than not? It may, may, let's say it this way. It might sound... It might sound like this particular scripture, Romans chapter seven. I'm gonna skip ahead in my notes if, you're, if you possibly are reading the notes online with me. Uh, you might wanna skip all the way over to Romans chapter seven. Romans chapter seven says it this way in the New Living Translation. I have discovered this principle of life. Paul says this, I have discovered this principle and boy is it ever a true principle. I know I deal with this, that when I wanna do what's right, I inevitably do what's wrong. Anybody relate with that? When I want to do what's right, I do what's wrong. I want to eat a salad and I eat fried chicken. 
starting to sound kind of good right now, isn't it? Followed up with a chocolate-covered strawberry. Hallelujah. When I, do, when I want to do what's right, I do what's wrong. And then verse 22, he says, I love God's law with all my heart. I have a good intention. I love God's ways. I want to be kind and loving and gentle. I want to be, I want to be right. I want to do, I want to do what's right. But there's another power <laughs> within me that is at war with my mind. And this power makes me a slave. Everyone say slave. Makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Who, who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? And then I love it that he doesn't leave that unanswered. But he says, thank God the answer is in Jesus Christ. So back, back to our, our points here. This is what sin does, and this is how the Israelites felt. They felt like they were in slavery. They felt empty, like, like there was never anything good ever going to happen to them. And they felt exhausted. Sin has a way of wearing you out. You want to do what's right, but can't. And you're a slave to it. Have you ever noticed that, slay, uh, that, that sin costs you everything? Sin is so expensive. Sin has a way of spending all your money. Can I get an amen? Sin has a way of spending all your time. Can I get an amen? Give me a Methodist nod. Give me something. Sin has a way of spending all your money, all your time, all your focus, all your energy. Sin, when it's calling the shots, it will leave you wore out. Matter of fact, John 10 and 10 says that the enemy, he does that. He comes for this purpose, to steal, kill, and to destroy. Nothing good ever happens over sin. It may, something may, may, may you might, might feel good in the moment. There might be a, a rush in life. There might be a big moment that takes you high in life and you're on top of the world, it seems. And guess what sin does? It jerks that out from under you and here you go tumbling down right back to rock bottom. Sin never wins in the end. Why do we know that? Because the death of Jesus on the cross conquered sin, death, hell, and the grave. It conquered everything. So therefore, sin's not going to win in the end. So we might as well just come on out of it now. We might as well just take God on his offer now to be brought out of sin and get delivered from it today. Here's the cool thing about God. God doesn't just want to save you for eternity's sake. God wants to save you from, for, for eternity's sake, but God wants you to be free from the sin that had you trapped originally. He wants you to live life free, 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 free from all of that sin that's had you bound. That's why back to Exodus 6, God spoke over to Israel and he's speaking the same promises over to you. He says, I want to bring you out of sin, but I also want to set you free. I want to rid I want to get rid of, boy, that sounds like he's from southwest Louisiana. I want to get rid of it. I want to get rid, I want to get rid of the bondage in your life. In other words, 
God doesn't just want to pull you out of slavery of sin that leaves you tired, that leaves you broke, that leaves you hurt, that leaves you disappointed. He doesn't just want to bring you out of that just for heaven's reasons. He wants you to bring you out of that and save you for eternity, which is heaven, a life of eternity with God. But he also wants to set you on a path to get you better now, to get you healthier now, to get you full of God's best now. This is, this is what's interesting. If you know the story of Israel and you know the story of their journey, what God did for them was he took them out of Egypt, but then he spent years getting Egypt out of them. He spent an instance on deliverance out of Egypt but then he started a relationship with them and this is all they had to go on. Could, is there anybody in here that will admit this would be tough? This is all they had to go on. He said, I'm taking you out of here to there, but I, there's a process to get there. How are we gonna know when to, how, how are we gonna know how to get there? We don't have GPS, we don't have maps go, we don't have an old fashioned map. How are we gonna get there? You're gonna follow me. How are we going to follow you? Well, when that cloud moves, you move. How many of you want to go on a trip like that? But yet, when you want out of Egypt bad enough, you'll say, if it's a cloud, I'll watch the cloud. If it's a pillar of fire, I'll watch the fire. I just know that where I'm at's not working. Can I preach to somebody? I just know where I'm at is not working. It's leaving me in trouble. It's leaving me disappointed. It's leaving me broke. It's leaving me hurt. It's leaving me in the pits of life. And I need to try something different. And if you're telling me, God, that you want to get me out of this, and you're also willing to change me in the process, then, then I'm willing to go on that kind of journey. And God says, well, it's going to be a process. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to trust me. And let me take you to where I know that you need to go. And for some of you in this room today, I, I tell you this with a depth of love that I pray you receive. You've given your heart to God, but you've not completely given him your future. You want to believe God for your salvation, but you are okay with still struggling through all the junk in this life. You're still trying to work through all the issues of your life without God. And God wants to work with you through these issues. Let's, I keep using this word work, right? Let's talk about that word. You cannot work for your salvation, but trust me, you're gonna have to work from your salvation. You being saved is not gonna, let me tell you this, the easiest thing you'll ever do is give your heart to Jesus, but it's gonna cost you everything because from that point on, you're gonna have to work, okay? I see some of you looking at me like I got mustard on my tie, so I better give you scripture, right? Uh, why don't you think about it this way? 
Why don't you look at Philippians chapter two? Turn with me there. Turn to Philippians chapter two. Philippians chapter number two and verse number 12. This is a New Living Translation that really makes this point clear. The, the, the scriptures tell us to work hard. Everyone say work hard. Some of y'all can't say that because you don't believe in that. But why don't we say it again? Everybody say work hard. Sorry for that little Work hard to show the results of your salvation. I feel a little, little preach coming in here. Listen to me, everybody. If you're truly saved, your life will manifest the results of your salvation. I'm a, I'm a, this is, this is like, acid strong right here. If you tell me, I gave my heart to Jesus, there ain't nothing different about me. You didn't give your heart to Jesus. You may have quoted a preacher's prayer, but you didn't give your heart to Jesus. Because Jesus cannot leave anything the way he finds it. When Jesus Christ comes into your heart and he truly saves you and you scoot over into the passenger seat and you put him in the driver's seat, he ain't driving the same pace that you've been driving. He's actually using his blinker. <laughs> if he's in control of your life, trust me, the results of your salvation will be proven. And that's not a I don't want to turn anybody off. That's not a preacher with his finger out saying, you better line up. No, 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 no. What I'm trying to tell you is the enemy, the enemy of your future will tell you, well, just, that's fine. Say that prayer that Pastor Tommy leads you in. I don't care if you pray that. Just don't let him change your life. And this is the confusion of the beautiful thing called Grace. Got to be careful with grace. Grace is the best thing that you've ever heard of. It's better than sliced bread. It's the greatest thing in the history of all time. But yet if you don't manage it properly, you'll confuse it with permission to live however you want to live. I'm covered by grace. No, 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 no. You just jacked with grace. You just messed up grace. Matter of fact, we want in scripture, you just frustrated the grace of God. God's grace is trying to bring you out of sin and get you on this journey, taking you to this promised land. But if you're just determined to do it your way, you're gonna always have what you've always had. You have to work hard. Your, your salvation's easy, <laughs> easy. And there's been a whole lot of preaching for a whole lot of time that gets these two confused they preach that salvation's hard and finding freedom should be easy. It's opposite. Salvation's easy, finding freedom takes work. Because just because your name's written in the Lamb's book of life and just because you're saved doesn't mean that your body don't crave that nicotine and your body doesn't crave that alcohol. And when you get mad that you don't speak like you used to, that's life. That's the process of discipleship and allowing God's grace to, to get Egypt out of you now that you're out of Egypt. You gotta remember this. They were in slavery for a mighty long time. 
and you that come to Jesus, and there's going to be you today. You're going to come to Jesus today, and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to debunk what, what, what anybody's ever told you. You're going to come to Jesus today, and I'm going to lead you in just a minute, and you're going to repent of your sins, and you, you are going to be saved by the grace of God. But when you get in your car, and you get cut off down here by loves, you're still going to have a hot flash, and you're still going to say something that you did not want to say, and then you're going to, the enemy's going to say, see? You need to slow down and realize your spirit is right with God, but your body is now in the process of having to come under submission to the Word of God. You're going to have to be trained by the Scripture. You're going to have to meditate on His promises. You're going to have to remind yourself that you're not who you used to be. Somebody say, Pastor Tommy, that's the best preaching I've heard. I'm so glad you believe that because I do too. That is good preaching. Clap your hands this morning. That's good preaching. That's as real as it gets because you're going to still want to have those thoughts. Somebody going to walk up smoking and you're going to be like... First service, they'd be like, I can't believe he's doing that. (laughs) Y'all get it. Because that's real. It's real. And I'm not going to preach to you a fake message. I want to pastor you to get you to the place that God's wanting to get you to. But if I just toss you out here saying, you got to do this and this and this and this and this and this and a little bit of that to get saved. But once that's it, you're going to be perfect. You're going to be sweet. You're going to be so patient. And you're going to want to give, they they say 10% of the tithe, you're going to want to give 80%. Because it just happens. When you get saved, you just, you just all of a sudden love everybody. Man, they'll lie to you about other things. Just because you saved, now you're in this process of having to get yourself trained to become and show the results of what God's done in your life. Let me tell you what God's going to give you freedom from. Let me make this quick this morning. I'm out of time. Y'all ready for this? We're going to move quick. <clears throat> we'll be out by three. Let's go. <laughs> Matter of fact, I've, I'm teaching growth track after this. I'm up today. I'm scheduled to teach. So I better get moving or I will be here till three. So, so for, for all of our sakes, let's hit it quick, all right? Let me tell you what God's gonna do in your life. He wants to save you, but then what he wants to do is give you victory over sin. He wants to give you victory over sin. And let me tell everybody real quick before I forget this. Let me tell you what sin's not. Because all of us have been guilty of doing this. We've taken our big old finger and we've wagged it at the enemy. And we said, I didn't want to do it, but the devil made me do it. It's the devil's fault. The devil did it. Let me tell you what sin's not. Sin's not anything that's got the devil doing anything to you. Want me to tell you who gets you into sin? You do. Nobody made you go there. Nobody made you do that. Nobody made you think that. 
Nobody made you watch that. Nobody made you say that. You did it. Well, you know, pastor, I was happy in my marriage, but the devil, you know, he walked her out in front of me. No, he didn't. You got yourself into that. Y'all ready for this? Boy, I'm telling you, my popularity is going down today. Because, <laughs> boy, it'd be easy to blame the devil. You know what happens? You get yourself into it, and then what do we want to do? We beg God to get us out of it. You're going to have to get yourself out of it. But the good news is, is that God's grace is sufficient to help you get yourself out of what you got yourself into. And y'all want to know what I'm up against, right? I think y'all know what I'm up against. I'm up against what this thing is called culture. Because our trend today is we're going to blame everything on every, everybody other than ourselves. And the truth of the matter is this. Your flesh, your sinful desires makes you want to look at things, makes you want to desire things, makes you want to do things that are in conflict to the word of God. Sin is what you get yourself into but I can promise you this much, God wants to pull you out and in relationship, God wants to give you victory over it and how he does that is he has equipped you, he has equipped you with his word, he's equipped you with faith, a measure of faith, how much is a measure? Exactly the right amount for you. Because God doesn't want to see you fail. He's not against you. He wants to see a, a drunk man sober. He wants to see a lying man honest. He wants to see a cheating woman healthy in her marriage. He wants to see your mind renewed. God is pro you. And he wants to see you make it and succeed. But you're going to have to work. You're going to have to go Ezekiel Elliott. You're going to have to tuck it in tight. The ball's in your court. And you're going to have to run with the ball. God's given it to you. Now you're going to have to run it. Thank you, Dorinda, Dorinda, Dorinda. Everybody listen to me now. How healthy do you want to be in Jesus? If you can see it in your faith, it is possible, but you're going to have to run with it, guys. You're going to have to get into this word. You're going to have to pray. You're going to have to fast. You're going to have to have the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You're going to have to walk in his power. You can't live like you've always lived and expect things to be different. He saved you for heaven, but now it's time for you to get serious about this thing and get your house in order, get your mind clean, get your heart right, start Start thinking about how you present yourself. Start thinking about how you carry yourself. Start thinking about how you're thinking and how you act out on those thoughts and take control. Take spiritual authority over the physical challenges in your life. And God's grace is sufficient. Let me tell you something else he wants to do. He wants to give you not only a victory over the sin, but he wants to heal you. He wants to heal the wounds that came into your life from other people. Now, ladies and gentlemen, if you're texting right now, if you're updating your status, you're about to miss it. 
sin's what, get, what you get yourself into. Wounds come by other people. And I'm preaching in a service right now that from that corner to this corner and there and there, all of us in this room have something that we didn't ask for that's come to us. When you went to your wedding altar and said, I do, you didn't sign up for divorce. When you were born into that family, you didn't sign up for that kind of abuse. No one in this room went to look for that trust being broken. Wound after wound after wound that other people did to you. Words spoken over you that you can't get out of your mind. Actions taken upon you that you would give anything to forget. And by the grace of God, I pray in Jesus' name that you would receive this word today. God does not want to just save you and to pull you out of Egypt and then expect you to live unhealthy. He wants to save you and he wants to heal you. He wants to give you the victory over the sin that you keep getting yourself into. But he also wants to put a healing balm. He wants to heal with his nail-printed hands. He wants to comfort the wounds, the troubles, the problems in the midnight hour, the thoughts and the memories and the nightmares that torment your mind, the memories God wants to heal you of that. Doesn't just want to save you and leave you. He wants to save you and he wants to take his loving arms and put them around you, pull you tight to his side and heal you. But if you're determined to do it your way, yes, you can go to heaven. Yes, you can be saved but you're gonna limp your way there. And God doesn't wanna see you limping. He wants to see you dancing and rejoicing and living in victory. Last but not least, my final thought for you today is he wants to give you the victory over the sin that you keep stumbling into yourself. And he also wants to heal you from the wounds that have been brought on to you by other people. And last but not least, he wants to give you victory over your enemy victory over your enemy because here's the deal you can't blame the devil on the stuff you get yourself into you can't blame the devil on the things that other people did to you but I can promise you this much you are in a spiritual warfare and there is an enemy to your future and you do have a target on your back and, God, and, and that enemy is looking to bring the wrong people into your life, put you in the wrong set, uh, situations, to put you in, 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 in challenging predicaments. He is out to see you fail, not to succeed. But this is how good God is. This is how good God is. God is so faithful that he can save you. And he can get you on the path to give you the victory over your enemy. What do you have? What do you have in your arsenal? You've got the name of Jesus Christ. The greatest name ever spoken. You can literally speak to an enemy in the name of Jesus and demons tremble. 
Well, I don't know about all that demon talk. I think I'm my biggest issue. Then you need to look yourself in the mirror and say, in Jesus' name, Tommy Brandon, you need to submit to the promises of God. You need to take spiritual authority over the physical challenges, whether it's the sin, whether it's the wound, or whether it's the attack of your enemy. Because at the end of the day, (laughs) at the end of the day, for all of us that were trapped in sin, carrying heavy chains of slavery, what do we know? He's a chain breaker. And he wants to break the chains off of your life. In just a moment, I'm going to have an altar call for you and some of you need to give your life to Jesus for the very first time. There's others of you that you need to give him finally. You need to finally give him the addiction. The websites that you just can't seem to shake. The beverage. The synthetic. Maybe it's the temptation of the lie, the dishonesty, the lack of character and integrity. You need to give it to him. Well, I've tried this and I've tried that, but have you ever taken authority over it in Jesus' name? I want you to stand. Where's my knocks? Where's the Nora? Where's my singers? I know everybody's anxious to move around and you got things to do, but nothing's more important than these next few moments. Right now, is, is Pastor Manny in the building by chance? Pastor Manny? Or is he in the lobby working? If somebody could grab, uh, well, is Pastor Dustin in the room? These lights are crazy. Is there ever, is there any pastor here today working for Calvary Church? <laughs> Lazarus, come forth in Jesus' name. (laughs) Pastor Manny, you did such a good job baptizing today. I know you got responsibilities, but I want you to help me. I feel strong on this day. In just a moment, man, I, 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 I know when you got dressed today, you probably never thought about it, but in just a minute, I'm gonna ask you, I'm, I'm, If you're ready to be water baptized, I want this to be the best day of your life. For all of you that have given your heart to Jesus and you just, it just never fell into the schedule and you never were baptized, I'm a strong believer. I'm a strong believer in water baptism and I would love for us to serve you today and we we promise to make it convenient for you. You're gonna enjoy the process. So for you that wanna be baptized uh, what, in just a moment when I pray, I want you to quickly come, quickly. Just just take a step and come right down here and Pastor Manny's gonna help you with that. But then right now, I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. And this is specifically for the man, woman, maybe it's even a couple or a young person. You've never given your heart to Jesus. You're still stuck in Egypt. You're still in slavery. You're tired of sin calling the shots and you're looking for a better life, this is for you. I pray in Jesus' name, right now, if you need to make Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, slip up your hand quickly, raise it high. Don't think about it another second. I see you right there, and I want you to leave it up, okay? I want you to leave it up high. Wave it at me where I can see you. I want to make sure I'm looking at you. I want to see you. Raise it up high. Raise it up real high. 
God bless you. I see that hand. Is there anyone else before I pray over you? Lift it up real high. I see you right there in the back. This prayer is for you, and I ask you to join me when I pray. It can't just be my words. It's got to come down deep from within your own heart, but I want you to pray it like this. Dear Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. Everything I've done until now has been completely about me. I've done what feels right. I've done what feels good. It's all about me. But Lord Jesus, I've heard your word today. And I think I want to give you a chance in my life. And I go all in right now. And I pray in Jesus' name that you forgive me of my sin. And that you receive me into your family. I want you to be my Lord and my Savior. And I have faith. I have faith that I am being saved right now. And I also have faith, God, that you're not just going to leave me. That this is not going to stop by just when the preacher says amen. But it's actually the beginning of something very special. Because God, I need changed. I don't need just to say these words. I need, I need changed. So whatever that looks like, my faith is in you to change me. Change me. Oh, I feel the love of God right now. Why don't you just open up your heart and pray that with me? All over the room, change me. I need changed. Change my mind. Change my words. Change the way I feel about that person. Change, change the way I feel about that fault. Change me. If you've prayed in this prayer, I, I bless you and I thank you for your sensitivity.